You're listening to episode 33 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And I have the absolute biggest smile on my face releasing this episode to the world because I had the absolute pleasure of getting to interview my dear friend, Carrie Lee, and she is an energy management and fitness coach who's actually been helping women around the world for the last nine years to find their energy and to achieve their fitness goals for healthy and sustainable living. Carrie practices and teaches adaptable eating, and she's also a fan of workouts that are definitely on the shorter side than would typically be considered the norm in the fitness industry. But Carrie is so much more than what I just rattled off. She has so much deep-seated wisdom that uh, she just comes out with to anyone she touches in her life. She always has a beautiful word to say. She has the most amazing energy and can just light up a room. So you're going to get an absolute ton out of this. I know I always say this, but these interviews just light me on fire. They are so amazing. These incredible people and and humans that I get to talk to. And I learn so much from these amazing, amazing women. So Carrie's going to be talking a lot about how she experienced burnout, Um, some symptoms and signs that you might also be experiencing burnout and uh, a lack of energy, a depletion in energy that you may not even have ever thought of before. It's really, really fascinating how she talks about that. And we're going to get into all kinds of other things from nutrition, entrepreneurship, fitness, all of the good things that uh, that are usually covered on this podcast. We're going to hit all of it and in a really cool and unique way. So I know you're absolutely going to love Carrie, so I'm not going to hold you up any longer. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I am bringing just like the most shining light that I know on. (laughs) Carrie, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. It's so good to talk to you. I love talking to you. (laughs) Oh, I love talking to you too. It's so funny because we were recording uh, back-to-back episodes at the moment and I so I just did an interview on yours which was amazing (laughs) so much fun and now we're doing you and when I just tried to intro this podcast I started to say your podcast name then I forgot my own name like (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so Carrie tell us tell us a little bit about you and you have such, you always have the most interesting story uh, and background. So just tell us, tell us how you ended up here and the crazy journey that it took to get here. Yeah. Um, okay. So you want like the, the big story? I want yeah. the big story, girl. Let, <laughs> let loose. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I am Carrie Lee. I am a fitness and energy management coach online. Uh, and how I got, well, I'm originally from Singapore, so I am half American, half Chinese Singaporean, but I'm born and raised in Singapore and moved to Ohio to go to school where my dad's from, uh, Akron, Ohio, uh, when I was 16. That's when we finished high school in Singapore. And uh, I was a gymnast throughout uh, growing up in Singapore and started coaching gymnastics in Ohio while uh, I went to school because um, well, my parents sent me on a plane, so it's kind of expensive when you're living by yourself to like pay for gymnastics. Um, but I started coaching instead. And uh, about five years later, I decided I wanted to take it another step further with how I worked in people's lives. So I got certified as a personal trainer, got in the gym and started coaching uh, more than just little kids and teenagers, but started working with uh, adults and in Singapore mostly, and uh, managed to coach in a few places around the world. I was in, you know, in Europe a little bit. I was in South America a little bit, um, the States, and in Singapore. And uh, at about twenty-five, I had a really big burnout where I couldn't even 
stand for more than 20 minutes at a time because everything in my neck would seize up. I was, my body was just kind of a whore, a whole hormonal wreck. And so I had gained 30 pounds, even though I was doing everything right. And mind you, I was like super living that fitness lifestyle where I was training like a bodybuilder two hours a day doing fasted cardio a lot of days. Um, but I was also a personal trainer. So I wasn't, I was working the hours that people weren't working, which meant I was working early mornings and later nights, which also meant I didn't have a lot of rest and I was still training like crazy still eating a lot of times on a deficit, uh, just not the smartest move on my part, but I was kind of doing all the things that, you know, traditionally in fitness, you're kind of told to do. And then I kind of just hit this wall really bad with this burnout. And I gained the 30 pounds, even though I was doing everything right. So called, I, uh, was losing my hair. I had an estrogen blow. I lost my period. I basically turned menopausal at 25 plus a whole another list of like side effects, like insomnia, uh, anxiety, depression. Um, my, like I had no muscle recovery. Everything that used to be my warm up in the gym started becoming my, like started becoming really, really hard for me to push. And um, it was just a very tiring time. I couldn't get enough sleep. And I, you know, I just, I would sleep throughout all my off days. Uh, at one point I decided to take an extra day off with training and uh, I would sleep for literally two and a half days, waking up only to use the bathroom and to eat. And I would still wake up in my first work day tired uh, because I just couldn't get enough rest for the life of me. And so I finally, you know, I, I caught a few like sinus infections, which made me have to call off work a few times. And, and, I caught like my fourth one in, in a few months, within a few months, and I finally sat down and canceled all my, the rest of the week, which as a personal trainer, that's like, it's a little scary because that's unplanned, like money that's not coming in. So I took that week to just really reevaluate my life and what I was doing, because what I was doing that like hustle, 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 super hard all the time. Um, and, and living in fitness that way, it just wasn't working for me. And, you know, I took the time to have some really good, brutal conversations with myself and ask myself really what I wanted in life and um, how I wanted to design it. And that's when everything sort of shifted for me. I started charging my clients more. I took an extra day off because I needed the rest. I started getting really strict with my hours. And I was like, you know what? If I make less money because of it, that's okay. Because right now I'm dying. I'm literally drowning. I can't even breathe. And so I made the switch. I didn't lose money. In fact, everyone was okay. And me making that switch allowed them to make the switch in their lives to treat themselves better with more respect. So it ended up being like a really win-win situation for everyone. And that's when I started looking around at the people I, I saw in the gym, especially the women. Like Singapore is a very, it's a very fast-paced city and um, a lot of Asian tradition still. So you see women who are like full-time in their career, but still working full-time at home raising families. So these are really, really busy women. And I started looking at what we were doing to them as trainers in the gym and just felt like it was very irresponsible because we weren't taking into account what was happening outside the gym, how their sleep was, how was work with stress and all that stuff. Um, and I decided then that that's what I'm going to start doing is start taking care of these ladies who the traditional fitness model and uh, fitness like protocol is not working for. And in fact is ruining uh, their bodies, ruining their energy and messing up their hormones even more. I wanted to work with the ladies who needed to just get their energy back, wanted to start living again, spend time with their kids, make it through a day. Um, and yeah, so that's when I opened my business online. Oh, I love that. And then, <laughs> I, I mean, I will get into the, the journey and, and sometimes rocky road <laughs> that opening <laughs> business can, uh, can be as well. But so you, you call yourself an energy management coach, and I know everyone is always curious about that. So yeah. what, what do you kind of define energy management as, and what does, what does it involve when you start to work with someone? Absolutely. So, you know, we have, we have our four sources of energy. We have our physical, our emotional, our mental, our spiritual, and um, 
it's really a practice of knowing how to train each of those energies by stressing them a good to a good amount uh, and then resting them enough so that they start getting stronger. And the thing is that most of us today are really bad we're really good actually at stressing that our energy sources out, but we're really bad at the renewal side of things. We're really not good at letting ourselves rest so that, you know, we can heal, we can restore that and become stronger. So we just keep uh, trapping ourselves in this cycle that deteriorates us. And I am there to stop the cycle get you breathing again and it's almost like you're drowning right when you're in this negative cycle like you just you're just trying to survive all the time and you're just trying to learn how to tread water but you're taking in a lot of water so i help you learn how to stop the cycle get you floating treading water again so you can breathe and get a little stronger so that you can maybe start swimming to shore so that you can run off to do what you need to do uh so i do that by teaching people how to eat and and we've talked about this, like at the workouts, learning how to eat and, uh, you know, maybe setting your environments up for better focus, learning how to work with your personal rhythms. This is everything that goes into energy management. But at the end of the day, there's also so much spiritual and internal work that needs to happen if you really want to see the biggest changes. Mm, I love that. So, okay. One question that I have is that I feel as though people, and, and I used to be this person. People hear spiritual and mm -hmm. it freaks them out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so so what does, like, what does spiritual sort of encompass for you? And what does that look like for you when, when you're working with people? How do you sort of broach that topic? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I kind of have to slowly sneak it in. And I think, I think when I say spiritual, people are thinking like religion and talking to God and stuff. But at the most base level and and this is just so important is really checking in with yourself your intentions how like your principles your morals in life and how you want to live out your life what you want to do in this life you know i think you have to have at least that you don't have to believe in um a bigger entity or anything but you have to be able to discover you your soul you know does that make sense Absolutely. No, that makes, that makes total sense to me because it's, I, I think that a lot of us just really have lost touch with, with who we are, kind of like you said, Absolutely. and getting in touch with that, that can be its own form of spirituality. It doesn't have to involve it, religion. And that was what I always associated spiritual mm -hmm. with was I would immediately jump to religion and that just wasn't really my jam. And it wasn't until I started to, to expand into that a little bit more and start to see what spirituality could mean and how it could look different for each person that I, I really started to be much more open to it. And that's when, when you can really start to make big changes in your life, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it just opens up so many doors and possibilities and just, man, it, by working on your spirituality and really starting to become clear with that, it affects so much of your life in such a positive way. And, and you know what though, it's not easy work. Like I will say it helps in so many other areas of life, but it's not easy work. If you think it's just like, Oh, I'm going to say, um, 50 times a day. Like, no, it's not, it's not all peaceful. <laughs> it's turmoil. It's, it's really tumultuous like you have to be harsh with yourself and brutally I always call them brutally honest conversations like it's not fun when you are really having a true conversation with yourself of like like for me for example was well why am I trying to fit into this sort of like box that fitness has set up for me why am I trying to look a certain way live a certain way even when it I'm not even happy like I'm not even happy chasing after this and living this way. I'm not that type of person at all. And it was just ego. A lot of times it comes back to our ego and having to check our ego a little bit. Ego can be good in certain areas, but it can also get us into a lot of shit. Like, <laughs> you know, so just, um, I forget where we were going with the question, but I had to go back to that. Um, no, I love that. I, I, I think that that is, that makes so much sense. And I mean, when you mentioned full survival mode as well, it, it feels like most of us are in full survival mode all the time, yeah. but yeah. we don't, we don't really recognize it. So how, how do you maybe start to break down for people 
to really get them to recognize that they're kind of in survival mode. Because a lot of times people will actually even acknowledge that they're in survival mode, but they just don't know how to get out of it. They, they have no idea what steps to take to break free from that prison that they've created for themselves. Mm-hmm. I call it zombie mode. <laughs> I feel like yes. a zombie. <laughs> I'm like living and going through the motions. I'm alive, but I'm not living. You know what I mean? Yes. Like everything. So what's a good way to describe it is you're physically exhausted all the time. So like it can look very different depending on the stages you're in. So maybe it's just like your energy dips a lot during the day or, you know, you're really having trouble uh, waking up. So if you're hitting the snooze button for like an hour, uh, I went to like two hours when I was deep in it. Um, That's a really good sign. Uh, Also being really tired, but not being able to fall asleep is a really good sign. So just a lot of physical exhaustion. um, That's, the most, I think that's the one thing people recognize the most is like, I don't know why I'm so tired all the time. That's a phrase I hear often. Mm. Um, the second thing is your emotional stability or strength. You know, are you kind of like an emotional wreck half the time? Are you emotionally numb because you're just too tired to have any emotions? That's a good sign too. So maybe um, one I hear a lot from ladies is I'm just crying for no reason all the time. Like, I, nothing happens and I just start crying, you know, uh, mentally, are you very, are you able to focus on your work? Are you kind of all over the place? Can you, do you have brain fog? Can you not think through things properly? Are you very pessimistic? Right. These are all things. Just think about it. Like when you're tired, it's so hard for you to think clearly. It's so hard for you to be optimistic about anything if you can't even think clearly. Right. And, um, well then also, you know, does everything seem hopeless? Like there's no point to it. You know, why am I even doing this? This is stupid. Like, I don't know. There's no purpose anymore. It just feels, yeah, you feel hopeless. There's a lot of hopelessness. So that's, those are usually pretty good signs of like either getting into zombie mode or you're in zombie mode. I love that you bring that up because that's not something, things like pessimism and and feeling hopeless or, or lack of purpose and direction we don't associate that intuitively with something like managing our energy, but they're so closely connected and, and we just don't even pay attention to that. I, I almost had like light bulb moments when, when you <laughs> mentioned that, because I know that there have been multiple times in my life where I have felt exactly that, but I never would have chalked that up to low energy and like poor energy management. Basically. I think that's fascinating. Oh Yeah. And, and that's why when, when I get a lot of ladies who are busy, busy women and they're like, I'm just lazy. That's my problem. I'm like, you're probably not lazy. Like I haven't met anyone who's truly just lazy. They're just missing a component. Something needs tweaked. Um, they need to find something again within themselves, but I don't think anyone is ever truly just lazy, you know? Absolutely. No, and that's so true that that really does just cycle forward and and compound because that's like if um, I'm sure that you have this as well, people coming to you that are having all kinds of issues with cravings. And then that's a cycle that you get stuck in because every time you indulge a craving or likely overindulge a craving because you're so low energy and you're having those cravings in the first place, then you just beat yourself up and then it makes you kind of hopeless and pessimistic and it, it really just feeds into itself. Yeah. And that's that downward spiral spiral that we get so caught in. And, and it's like, it starts with changing the thoughts, you know, it starts with um, being able to know you can turn things around. And, and like we were talking with spirituality earlier, it is so powerful because let's say when you do start to become more spiritually in line and there's levels to spiritual alignment. Like you, you can start at level one. That's okay. Or even like level 0.5. That's fine. You don't have to start on level 10. Um, but working on that, working on being in line with yourself spiritually can help with all of these things. They can help you, you know, be more focused with what you do, right? You're going to know clearer what you want to put your energy into um, and it can help you be emotionally stronger because you have a reason bigger than you to be stronger, to be like, you know what I mean? There's, there's, it's, it's, it's not just me anymore. There is a reason for me to be strong, to work through this thing. And then also you want to talk about motivation all the time. Like that's going to provide you motivation to take care of yourself physically, because without that physical foundation, you're not going to be able to accomplish this, this bigger purpose, this mission that you have set yourself to. 
Yes. I think that that's so key, especially for, for entrepreneurs. I know that we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show and, and that's so crucial for those of us that are trying to build businesses because we really have to, to manage that closely. Mm -hmm. I mean, are, are there certain situations that you will find yourself in where you can start to, to feel sort of the, the energy drain and how do you, how do you manage it? How do you start to, to combat that? Wow. I mean, that is like, <laughs> that is a test every week as an entrepreneur, like a full-time entrepreneur <laughs> constantly being tested with it. And, and we talked about this a little bit uh, when, when you came on the podcast, but it's like, sometimes you set things up to like really work on like you were, what were you calling them from Chris Harder? Happiness. Oh, happiness habits. Yes. Happiness habits. Right? I love so we, them. <laughs> yes. And so you set up these habits that are there for your, your self care for your really rituals are important because they help you focus on energy renewal. I think we can all agree as entrepreneurs, we have no problem with energy output, like how we spend our energy there is so much of it being spent, like, but ask us how we are renewing our energy. And that in itself is a whole nother disaster. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it can go down as simple as like going to take a leisure walk, right? Is my mind still on work or am I actually taking the walk and taking in the scenery and feeling my feet hit the ground every step of the way? Am I maybe listening to a podcast and focusing on that podcast instead? Um, because if you are taking a leisure walk to renew your energy, but you're still so mentally in your business, that walk is just, you're just expending energy again. Like it's not renewable anymore because your mind hasn't shifted. And so a lot of times as entrepreneurs, because we always have something else to do, like work never ends for us, right? Like we, we have no kidding. <laughs> a huge list. Like there, it will never end. There's no like, okay, I got everything done in my business. No, there's nothing like that <laughs> at all. Um, but you need to learn how to switch from one thing to another, switch focus from fully being in your work to fully being in shutting off work and, you know, being in the gym and then fully switching into talking to your friends. And I literally just recorded a podcast about like 15 ways to be in the moment. And so many of us as entrepreneurs don't know how to do that. And it's killing us. It's literally killing us. That is, that is so <laughs> powerful. Like, and that's such an, an interesting reminder too, because I know that I go for walks, usually multiple walks every day because I force myself because I start to go crazy if I don't, but <laughs> I almost always listen to a podcast or something so that, you know, I'm still learning so that I'm not wasting yeah. my time. And I have to remind myself sometimes, and, and you're doing an awesome job at reminding me right now that I need to <laughs> check out of that a little bit more. Like if, if I'm going, uh, for an actual hike or something like that in nature, there are times where I just won't bother um, even taking my earbuds because I want to really absorb it. But if That's I'm just great. going for a walk, like more locally, I'm mm -hmm. like, eh, whatever. I'll just, I'll pop on a podcast and I'm not wasting any time. And you know, I'm multitasking yeah. and <laughs> we can get so stuck in that. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, you know, just making these little switches, like instead of listening to a podcast, listen to some of your, the music that you love and really like fully diving into that music and having joy, listening to the music, being outside, appreciation, appreciating the, the environment you're in. Um, and you know, breathing in the air you breathe, like there's so much to benefit from that. Like how many times have you been, you know, in, in work mode, right? And you just, let's say you have to create, I don't know, maybe you're writing your next solo episode and you're kind of just stuck, right? You're kind of just, nothing's coming to mind and you're just, well, you have to do it. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't be disciplined about it, but how many times have you been able to like, just stop yourself there and not put any more time to it, go do something else completely unrelated and next thing you know, you're finishing, you're coming back to this with full focus and finishing it in 15 minutes instead it of spending flows. five hours. Yeah. yeah. Instead of five hours on it, right? Totally. Oh, mm -hmm. no, I think that's so good. It's such a, a good reminder for, for all of us, but especially, especially for something like that for entrepreneurs, because it's, it's so easy to forget that and to push it aside and to go, okay, well, you know, this activity doesn't fit into my to-do list. Well, if we do that for long enough and for enough months and years at a time, that's really going to pile up and then we'll end up 
in a lot of that, that burnout type of mode. Yeah, it's just so many of us are stuck in the glory of working and getting stuff done and less, there's no glory around taking breaks and going to take a nap and going to bed for eight to 10 hours a day, a night, you know, like there's not really glory in that. People don't really show that off too often, but they are going to show off how productive they are, how many hours they work a week, even though they might not produce as much, you know? Um, and, and so just to get out of that mindset and understand that, uh, shifting can make you like shifting out of it and focusing on other things can actually make you much more productive. But also knowing yourself, knowing if you are actually procrastinating, if you are like entrepreneurs, we might be just too scared to put something out, you know, like that sometimes that's scary to put new information out. Um, so knowing why you might be delaying or stuck, you have to be really honest with yourself about that. But if you're literally just up because you have no creativity coming to you, there's no, I guess, inspiration or, or whatever coming to you, then be able to recognize that and step away from it. And you also need to learn your rhythms. Like, do you work better in 30, 60, 90 minute, you know, time slots? And how long of a break do you need after that um, to before getting back into your flow? So yes. there's so many factors that you could work on. <laughs> oh, I just love that. And I love that, that you're talking about really like getting to know ourselves too. And I'm happy that you brought up procrastination as well, because I, I think I actually meant to mention that uh, on, on your podcast, because that's been an issue for me since going a full-time online as well. And, and once I started to get really clear on the mm. base of procrastination, that it was, it was essentially just rooted in fear or that I was spending my energy too much in other areas and I just had no energy left, but then was calling that procrastination. That made a huge difference for me. And it almost added like a self-forgiveness or self-compassion mode. Because when I would start procrastinating, I would start to look at things a little bit more clinically and go, okay, but why am I procrastinating? Like, am I either afraid of something? Is there some fear to this? Or am I just actually depleted and exhausted and I just need to go chill out for a little while? Yes. And, and you know what? It's so funny. Like you're able to do that because you're a coach and you, this is what you help people do. Like, yes, you know about the nutrition and the workouts, but why aren't you doing them is a whole nother story. Right. And being able to ask the questions of why you're not doing what you know you should be doing is such an important step of any sort of self-improvement. Yes. I love digging into why, because you ask why, and then you ask why a few more times and then you get the real answer. (laughs) Yep. And it's like, damn, it slaps you in the gut. Like, and it's just like, oh, okay. I'll get my <laughs> together now. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, well, I actually, I have a couple questions. I'm going to switch gears for a second and yep. uh, probably catch you off guard with this, but I want to ask you about your, it, because you're biracial, I yeah. want to know if you have found that there are certain instances that that has affected your energy in either negatively or positively. If, if there have been certain situations where, you being biracial has affected your energy more than if you were not biracial. Hmm. How so? I'm trying to figure out, um, in, in terms of like cultural, like what? Yeah, it could be, yeah, it could be culturally. And and I know that, that you've mentioned before too, that, um, that it has been, it was tough, especially growing up mm-hmm. to sort of fit in in one culture or another, because oh, yeah. you always kind of had one foot in, in like the Caucasian side and one foot in the Asian side. And then you felt a little bit like you didn't quite fit in. So I feel like that would be a bit of an energy. Absolutely. Too. Look at you taking parts of my life and bringing it back <laughs> to the circle for me. That's so true. I love it. I feel like the last time we talked on, um, your, your last podcast with Kate, you guys brought up how like being a gymnast and my eating, like whether, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? That really did kind of fuck me up. But um, <laughs> no, it's, it definitely was an energy suck being um, biracial. And I think this is not just like a biracial thing, but I think this is if anyone that doesn't know, um, doesn't have a very independent identity. I think this is a, a, an identity issue where you don't, you know what I mean? Like if your identity is not in line with you or you're trying very hard to fit into an identity that just isn't fitting well, then you're wasting so much energy. For me, um, 
growing up in Singapore, I went to a Chinese girl's school. And so, you know, I was the white girl there, right? Um, there was a few other mixed kids, but, but you know, not enough to really um, take the attention away from the fact that my hair was a lighter color and my skin was different, my nose was different, and my name was funny. You know, uh, I didn't have a Chinese name. My name was Carrie. And so from a very young age, I was always trying to fit in. And then fast forward to Ohio, I went to um, like a suburb of Akron. I went to high school there for one year where I became the Asian girl. And then like totally like flipping the script and trying to um, fit in in that way uh, and, and just becoming this totally different person, not, not by my choice, but because of like other people's perspectives and just always counting on that. And not never checking in with like, wait, but who is Carrie, you know, and then fast forward a little more into the fitness industry. That was, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I can fit in here. I can do this fitness thing. Like I was a gymnast and, you know, I'm athletic and I'm, I'm decently strong and I, you know, my body looks strong and, and all this. And, you know, I did modeling a little bit and, um, then when my body, my body just started going to shits and just stopped being like letting me be that person that fit that identity. Um, it was a crisis for me. There were so many things that I couldn't accept. And then I saw my peers in the industry, like, well, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you looking that way? And it was less a concern for like what was going on in my life. And it was more a concern of why aren't you fitting according to what we want you to be. And I spent all my time and energy just trying to fit in all the time. And it's a little embarrassing that I didn't figure out till I was like 25, like, hey, you don't really have to pick any race. You can be both Chinese, both uh, Chinese and American and white, you know, uh, you can own that. You can own how you do things with fitness and living the way you do, like whatever healthy is to you, you can own that. Um, it took me till I was 25 to start figuring that out. And ever since then, like just not really learning how to not give a crap about what anyone else expected me to be, uh, not, you know, needing to change who I was to help someone else feel more comfortable. Um, that saves so much mental, emotional, and uh, physical energy. I can't even, can't even begin to tell you how much energy I spent on that crap. <laughs> Oh, I, I really, I'm so appreciative of you sharing that perspective because I, I can't offer personal insights into that. And that was why I wanted to, to bring it up uh, with you because I, I feel like it would be exhausting to always, always kind of feeling like square peg round hole, essentially, yeah. and never being able to quite find your place. And I mean, that, that was the journey that, that you were on and it has, it has made you into the, the beautiful soul that you are now. Uh, it just took, took a lot of time and energy to get there. So that's, that's kind of the unfortunate part, but I guess, you know, we all go through lessons that take us potentially a lot longer than we want them to take. Yeah. And you know, like I talk about being biracial. Um, that's like a big part on, on the Good Curves podcast. Um, because growing up, there weren't as many mixed kids as there are now. And so I get super excited because nobody else really understands how I feel like ethnically um, than another mixed kid. Like that's yeah. where I really feel like I belong because we get to pick different sides. Like we get, I get to play, like, I guess, uh, I don't know if this is uh, politically wrong in America, but like I get to play white card and I get to play Asian card, like, or I get to play neither. Like I am both and I am not both at the same time. And so it's a really funny place to be. And you know, my parents aren't mixed. They can't teach me how to handle that. They have no idea what it feels like. And like when I explain to them certain things, like my father's from Ohio. And so like when I hear people talk about, you know, being an immigrant, being a minority, being a woman, like I am three of those things, even though dad, you are not, I am. Mm -hmm. And you'll never understand that because you're not a minority, you know, and you're not an immigrant in this country. So, um, you know, there's no leadership on, on the whole identity thing. There was no one really telling me and my other mixed friends, like, you don't have to pick a side. You can just be you. And so I'm really passionate about that. And nowadays there's even more interracial relationships and 
more mixed kids and it makes me so happy to see them, but it's like, I also want to make sure that they're good. <laughs> that yeah. I got you. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. I, I think that that's just so beautifully put and that you, you gave such a really thorough explanation of that because it's, it's, I think that, that recognizing that, especially, you know, as, as some of these new kids that, who are a product of interrelationships are coming up like in the school system and stuff like that. I think that it needs to be much more open and talked about and much more accepted than it historically has been. There's a pretty dark history associated with that. And I yeah. think that it's, it's really crucial that, that we continue to have these conversations. And that, that's really one of the big things that I love about uh, your podcast is that you really dive into that head first. And I, I think that that's really, really powerful. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I don't care if you're uncomfortable. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I love the uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> they need to happen. They need to happen. They really do. And I'm going to potentially make you uh, more uncomfortable. And I'm going to ask oh. you about Reiki because oh. I know that you have a background in Reiki, but that you don't talk about it very often. And I would love to know a little bit more about that because you, first of all, why you maybe don't talk about it as much and to sort of explain like what Reiki is and what your, I mean, it, it is very closely tied to energy. It's just maybe a slightly different form of energy than most of us are, are potentially expecting it to be. Yeah. Uh, did I ever tell you how I got into Reiki? I don't know if I ever shared that. I don't think you did. You told me one story with Reiki that I'm not sure if you're comfortable sharing. So I'm just going to let you do your thing. You, you run with this. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, what was that the one where I caught the fever? Is that what I shared with you? Yeah. And that, yeah. And that it was a, like a really dark, you were having a, yeah. a really hard time letting go of oh certain gosh. energies. This is okay. So before, so during my burnout um, and the recovery stuff, I was not like that. I wasn't a woo-woo. <laughs> was such an all-encompassing term. I love woo-woo. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I don't even know what to call that. Okay, my, my assistant calls it hokey. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, that stuff, uh, energy work and all that stuff. I never really knew anything about it, anything at all. Um, but I knew, uh, you know, physically and, and with the biochemistry stuff going on that I, I needed to rest, I needed to recover my body. And so I would uh, get weekly massages. And in Singapore, like we just go to, there's usually, um, usually a lot of them are from China and they're really good. Like they're very good at what they do. They're true healers. I, of course, I didn't know what that was before, but now I know like when, when I'm being worked on by a, a, someone who is really a healer, I can feel the difference. Um, and so I had a like business meeting with a, a friend who was planning a fitness event and we were like, let's go get uh, foot massages, foot reflexology, uh, while we talk. So we go into this like little corner, like dingy place. Like most of you probably would not walk in there, but we walked in there <laughs> and sat down and started, uh, you know, I had this uh, lady from China. She didn't really speak English at all, but I, I speak Mandarin but it's very rusty after moving to Ohio and she's just like working on my feet and I am in so much pain, like so much pain because my body was just in so much pain anyways. And she would just keep looking at me and I'm talking to my friend and she's just giving me these looks like what on earth. And finally when she like cuts in and she says to me in Chinese, she's like, I don't know what you do, but you need to stop touching people. And I was just like, what? Like, what is she talking about? And so that kind of like stuck with me. And she was like, your pain, I don't know why you're having this kind of pain. She's like, you shouldn't be. And so I literally went home and Googled, my massage therapist told me to stop touching people. I, <laughs> I had no idea what she was talking about. Oh, Google is such a gift. <laughs> and like things about like chakras and energy and all this stuff, auras started popping up. And I'm like, no clue about this, but I have a friend. She works for, um, like a kundalini yoga lady in Bali who has like a retreat retreat place. And so I hit her up on Facebook. I'm like, so this, what happened? I Googled this. This is what came up. What, what do I do? And so she then referred me to, um, actually I think her name is Emily and she owns the Reiki center in Singapore. And she's like, talk to Emily and she's going to explain everything to you. So I, I, I shoot her an email and she starts explaining to me how like 
I am giving away too much energy. I am not resting enough, you know, all these cords and stuff like that. And I'm just like, uh, okay, that kind of, that makes sense. Like even practically, right? Like I'm giving my energy away to all these people. Of course she was talking on like a Reiki level with like cords from one person to another. But honestly, when you talk about like cutting cords and stuff, it's a very practical thing, right? Like even if you don't believe in energy work, just imagining and visualizing yourself cutting cords with someone, it makes you more conscious with how you interact with that person. Don't you think? Absolutely. That's something that, I mean, everyone intuitively understands what that means. Like cutting cords with someone, you can know nothing about energy management, Reiki, any of it. And we all, we all know what that means. Yeah. And just like, before you go out um, out of your room, before you start your day and like protecting yourself and, you know, putting this like cloak around you or this aura around you, like, you know, strengthening your aura so that nothing you don't want to come into your aura can't come in and you don't give out anything you want. Like, even if you don't believe in all that, the woo-woo stuff, just visualizing that makes you so much more conscious of what you let into your life and what you give out. So whether like, you, you know, we were talking about people get scared with spirituality, like, okay, that's fine. But visualizing these things, whether you believe in them or not, is going to help you anyways. So I got into (laughs) Reiki, I decided I was going to go learn Reiki. And I did Reiki one and two. Um, And I actually I didn't do it to practice on people. I did it to protect myself and, uh, you know, heal myself from that burnout that I had. And the story that you're talking about was actually one of my friends who we, we had a bit of a, a crazy relationship um, and she had a really bad breakup at, at this point in time. Um, and, you know, her fiance, like she caught her fiance and it was just really ugly. And she's also had a very, her parents weren't really in her childhood and she was very worried. She had, I remember her, on the phone with me one day and she goes, I feel absolutely nothing. Like you say about how you feel, um, you know, other people's emotions and stuff like basically being empathic. She's like, I am basically all the way at the other extreme. And she's like, and with my background, like my family background and everything, I'm almost like a serial killer. I have the same characteristics as a serial killer. I'm a psychopath. That's what she told me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know how to feel like I want to be able to feel. And so, you know, (laughs) not being good with my energy, I go over there and I'm like, well, you know, I'm learning Reiki now. And she's like, can you do it on like, do Reiki on me? And I was just like, well, okay, I don't really know what I'm doing yet. Like, but I had practiced like on a few friends and it was cool. Um, You know, they felt good. I felt good. So I had started on her feeling totally healthy. And I remember the experience being like, she was just so dark and stagnant and, and like, she started like shaking a little bit, like she was having her own experience and I'm just like, whoa, am I doing this? Like, (laughs) it was kind of a very noob type of experience for me. Um, But, and you know, she hit some revelations uh, through that experience. But when I went home that day, within a matter of like two, three hours, I was having such a high fever to the point where my mom was basically putting like ice cold water on me to, to bring down my temperature. I just got so sick out of nowhere. And I know it was because I wasn't really very good at letting anything flow through me or just like moving energy, but I had let it come in and just sit in me. And, and so I was very inexperienced and probably wasn't the smartest thing to do, but yeah, that was pretty scary. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was super long-winded. No, I because I, I, I honestly think that it's really fascinating. Like, I just, I, I do really, I, mean, I realize that I embrace the woo-woo probably more than some people do, but I do think that energy comes in all forms. Yeah. And, you know, in, you'll hear a lot of people talk about, uh, like, for example, cutting cords, cutting yeah. ties with, like, toxic people in their lives. That's another mm-hmm. whole discussion in and of itself. But yeah. The base, the basic idea is the same: is that it's it's essentially a transfer of energy, and yep. Reiki is just another form of of doing it. I don't I don't really have uh, much familiarity with Reiki. I just have like a very very base level knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. But I just always your story has always really stuck with me, and I find it so 
fascinating because I, I think that the other, the other conclusion that, that you sort of came to was that you were able to, to help her in, in some ways, like whatever experience she had, but that you weren't able to, you were having difficulty actually releasing that energy. Yeah, I was, I'm still, yep. So I think a lot of us who are like very empathic and a lot of us in the service line, like coaches who are just very compassionate about people, um, I think we have a bad habit of doing this without even knowing half the time. Like that was just a big wake up call to me where I was just taking in a whole bunch of people's crap and just like leaving it within my my mind, my soul, my aura, whatever, you know, you want to, to call it. And, um, that's not healthy. That's, that's dangerous. And it does play a part in your life. You know, whether you believe it or not, you need to filter out those, the bad energies that people feed into your life, the things that you have taken in because you're unaware. And so it's always so good to question where, where and why you're investing your energy in something. Why are you trying to put up a certain image? Is it really in line with you spiritually? Or are you trying to impress someone else? Or is it because uh, your father or your mother told you something when you're younger and so you have to live up to that when really you might not need to do any of that at all? And just unlocking these things by asking yourself that question every time and setting yourself free. It just it saves. It's like energy management on like the deepest level. But that's Fixing and, and working on that bit by bit is what will start to change. You know, if, if your goal is a body, like it's going to start changing things in your body. It's going to start changing things in your mind and your emotions and just how you live your life completely. Um, you know, I believe in body change from the inside out. And if you're having certain pains in your body, a lot of times or holding on and storing fat, I really believe that there is a, an emotional aspect to that. I, I am a big believer in that. I am too. It, it's sort of a lot of times when I'll, I actually have a client right now that I've been digging into with that about how she, she feels that she has spent years using her weight as a form of protection, mm -hmm. that it's, it's created a barrier. And I've, I've actually heard um, victims of like sexual assault say the same types of oh, things. Yeah. And, and my client, obviously, it, it, her story is, is different. It's nothing, uh, nothing like that. But that can just be a common thread that there can be different reasons for it. But it's still yeah. at, a, at a base level, ultimately a form of protection, whether we realize it or not. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've seen clients from like that I worked with years ago, taught them how to work out, taught them how to eat and doing the exact same things that I've taught them before. But because they maybe I referred them out to therapy and they worked through something like two years later, come back to me and be like, I don't know what it was, but something shifted and suddenly my body and, and it's, and they're doing the same exact things they were doing before, but because of letting go of something that they've been holding on to so long and maybe subconsciously causing them to like, hold on to fat, like you're saying, um, it changes everything. Absolutely. And there, there's so many reasons for that. And, and it can look so, so different for, for every person. Like the examples I, I listed are just, uh, you know, just one or two random examples, but there's, there's so many reasons that all of us can have that can be really deep seated. And we have to, we have to dig pretty deep in order to pull them out. And that's essentially why people hire coaches is to help them figure that out when they're, when they're ready to do so. Yeah. I mean, you can spend, you know, you can either spend the rest of your life in that sort of pain because if your health is poor, there is some sort of pain associated with it, right? So um, you can either spend the rest of your life in that because you don't want to deal with certain traumas or certain, certain anything that is kind of you're trying to repress. Um, or you can spend a few, maybe it might even be a few tough years, like maybe two, three difficult years of you really, like I said, having this brutal conversations but coming to a very new place and that could always set some diseases free from you, some pain free from you. And Oh my gosh, this is so woo woo, but it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though. It totally is. And it's funny too. I, I mean, you've mentioned, uh, we've sort of talked about protective bubbles a, a couple times. Yeah. One thing that always comes to mind to me when I think of um, an energy suck that I wanted to ask you about is watching the news and it's so funny because I, I grew up in a house where <clears throat> I love my mother's pieces, but she, and she still does this to this day. 
she will literally set the alarm so that she doesn't miss the six o'clock news. Oh, really? Like she can't miss the news. She, she gets the newspaper as well. She reads the newspaper. And then whenever I talk to her, she'll, t- she'll tell me about these things. I'm like, mom, I keep myself in a bubble for a reason. <laughs> yes. No. Oh my goodness. And I used to be the same way because I grew up with that. And I noticed a huge shift in my energy. It's not that I, I have like my head buried in the sand. Like I right. still pay attention to, you know, like the big, the big things and the important issues that are going on, mm-hmm. but there's no need to be subjecting ourselves to that day in and day out because everyone always complains and everyone knows again, sort of intuitively, the news is always negative. They generally don't report on it unless it's bad news. And I think that it's, it's something that people need to be much more vigilant around and, and really taking great care with that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have like so much to say about it. <laughs> just, <laughs> not just the news. Cause like I might have my head stuck in the sand, Emily, but I know how I, my life, my quality of life is when I do pay attention to too much news. And the thing is, is that if I need to know something, I always know I have people in my life that will tell me like my exactly. father gives me reports all the time. So <laughs> I am same with my mom. Good. Yeah. It's a parent thing, I think. <laughs> And, and, you know, if, if it comes to a time where I have to like, at least, you know, check in with the news sometimes I will do that, but no, I cannot live my life in the news. And I mean, so this is the thing. I think it's super important. Like those questions that we have, we have so many habits, like our parents' generation, they were literally taught that habit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, think about it. Like the government uses the media for in so many ways. Um, the media has to sell subscriptions, right? They have to, they have to sell advertising. They have to sell papers. And so like building that um, tradition of, of needing the news every day. And, oh, if you're not, you know, if you're not keeping up on the news, then you're just an immature and irresponsible adult. Like, okay, that's fine. I'll be immature and irresponsible, but I'm freaking happy. <laughs> like, so true all the time, every time I would decide that. And, and so then you think about other, like apply that to other things too. And not saying that everyone who works in these industries have that intention. That's absolutely not what I'm saying, but whatever habits that you have in your life, you need to start asking yourself why you have them. Another very simple one, the movies. How many times in road trips, mine, mine was movies and road trips. I got to eat all sorts of snacks in the movies and the road trips. Like I had to watch a movie and I had to have popcorn when I watched a movie. Like it was such a trained habit for me. And it was like, wait, I don't even like popcorn though. So why am I even getting it? And it, I was just so trained that way because my father was trained that way. And every time we went to the movies, you ha- you can't watch a movie without popcorn. Like what, you know, um, fitness another thing you have to spend two hours in the gym five, six days a week, you have to meal prep in order to get results. Like me and you know, that is not true, right? Not at all. Not, not, not even all. close. If I spend two hours in the day, a, a day, at the gym, <laughs> like I would never get anything else accomplished. <laughs> you would have no life. And then it's like, and I totally have no energy. <laughs> no energy. Yes. It's horrible. Um, these are people who are selling fitness, who are telling you these things, but they are at the same time being paid to be full-time in fitness. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to take that into consideration. People telling you, you have to have a protein shake. You have to have a supplement stack. Um, that's probably marketing from a fitness company. So yes, there are places where protein shakes and supplements can come in. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I've never recommended it. I definitely think there is a time and place for it, but you need to start, like, I have literally had people come up to me and say, well, but you can't get results without a protein shake. Like, what are you talking about? You have to take a fat burner to lose fat. No, you don't. Oh my gosh. Do you know how much garbage is in that shit? (laughs) Oh my gosh. And it's just like, everyone's always like, you know, they see me like deadlifting or something and they're like, oh, so what's your stack? I'm doing this, 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 and this. And I'm like, I do food. (laughs) I do food. We're in a relationship. It's pretty serious. I like it. You know, it likes me. I like it. We're good. We're a really good place. Um, I love it. <laughs> you know, and just like fashion, body stuff, like w- with like body hair, for example, or having a certain body shape. Um, all these things are so influenced by society, right? And I think it, it's so important that we question those things. Oh, so. I think that that's just an absolutely amazing way to 
sort of wrap this up because ultimately <laughs> that that is really at the at the base of everything that we do. Virtually everything we do is a habit, but we don't think of it as a habit. We just think of it more as a routine or oh, it's just the way things are or something like that. And we need to start to get a little bit more clear and focused to start yeah. noticing and and having more observations around what is triggering these habits. What are what are my actual likes and dislikes? Am I just doing this out of habit? I think that that's really, really powerful uh, tool to have in your toolbox. Yep. Oh, and shifting the habits. Like actually nothing is wrong with having habits. Just make sure they are ones that are in line with you. Exactly. Make sure they're not someone else's habits. They're your habits. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, Carrie, uh, let us know where, where people can find you, how they can you know, get in touch with you because I just, I want to share all of your woo woo, amazing knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, you can find me. I'm on Instagram a lot, uh, just like you. So you can find me at Carrie Lee. So that's C A R I underscore L I. Um, and coach Carrie Lee on Facebook, but I also have the good curves podcast. So you can find that through the link in my bio or just the good curves.com. Um, and I talk about like energy management a lot and fitness stuff on there too. It's a baby podcast. I just started it. So, um, this you know, is a relatively baby podcast too. We're, we're in the yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. We get to be, <laughs> it's a lot of work though. And it and is. we get to talk about that, me and you. So, um, yeah, go on the good curves. I talk a lot about that and, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot of energy. I, I want to let them know that, uh, there is an introduction to energy management course. I call it EM 101. And uh, you can find that through the link in my bio on Instagram as well. Uh, or Emily, can I just give you the link to share with them? Absolutely. Yep. I'll list it cool. in the show notes. Yep. I've yeah, got it and all it's, set. Yeah. It's, it's a really like 10 minutes a day energy management course. It's, it's for five days. I give you like the worksheets and it's really just to take a really good energy audit, see where you're at. And it's going to give you a few places where you know you can start and it takes less than a week. And within that next week, you are going to start feeling changes in your energy. I've had really good reviews on it, especially from entrepreneurs, <laughs> especially from entrepreneurs in fitness. So if it's helping them, I know it's going to help most people too. So girl, um, I'm going to go sign up right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. it's, it's always a good check-in. Like it doesn't matter where you're at you always have to check in with yourself and do an audit every once in a while. And that's just a great, great way to do an audit. So, oh, yeah. So good. It, please. <laughs> no, I'm definitely going to do that. And I'll make sure that, uh, that everyone can, can find you at the good curves and, uh, over at, at coach Carrie Lee too. So Carrie, one more question. If you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Oh, okay. It always goes back to knowing who you are and what you stand for and deciding on your personal principles and then doing your best because you'll never do it perfectly, but doing your best to live by those principles. Like what is, who is the type of person you want to be? Find that out, find out how you want to make your impact in this world, what your role in this world is and live that out. That is magic. I can't, I can't think of a, a better way to wrap up. I always love asking this question at the end because people just give the most unreal answers. I'm like, is this my job? I get to just like interview people and I get to hear all this amazing knowledge passed out. Yeah. I can't even imagine the other answer. Oh my goodness. I oh my gosh. Well, Carrie, thank you so, so much. Honestly, it's, it's so funny that you and I have only met once in person because we just connected and bonded like immediately. And I, you are just such an amazing human. I love watching all the ways that you grow. You always encourage me. You always have a beautiful word to say to anyone who crosses your path. And I just, I, I adore you. And I'm so happy that you got to come on today. <laughs> Don't make me cry now. Like, no, Oh no, thank you so much. Like I know we we must have met in like a past life or something because there's definitely a very instant connection and I'm so grateful, so grateful to call you my good friend. And thank oh. you so much for having me on here. Oh it's my gosh. Fun. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks so much, girl. <laughs> oh, so much amazing info in this podcast episode. Just 
so much great stuff and I absolutely adore Carrie. I'm sure that you can see why I was raving about her so much when you first turned on this episode. And make sure to go find Carrie and everywhere on how to reach her and her energy management uh, course over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. So everything will be over there and you can go and check that out. Don't forget to hit subscribe on uh, iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast so that you don't miss a single episode. You'll be the first one to know about it. And there are new episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.